Welcome to the Anonymous Andrew Podcast. Life and the choices we make. The choices other people make. Why we choose to ignore the red flags. Red flags like gaslighting, cheating, addiction, mental illness, and much more. What role do they play in relationships? Follow me each week as we discuss these topics with anonymous guests and experts to hopefully become better humans, resulting in better choices. Like I say, been there, still doing that. Now on to the show. Welcome, Anonymous Andrew here. Podcast episode number nine. So I titled this episode, Mental Stillness. And I, once again, don't know if I came up with that term. But let me explain it to you. Um, Well, first, let me say that this episode is going to be about mental illness. Um, If you listen to previous episodes, um, I have um, a passion and an advocate for mental illness. I served... Um, 15 years working, creating, building, presiding over a peer-to-peer support group for mood disorders and retired from that and then created another one which was on a smaller scale because the first one was a very large organization, um, covered a wide range of geographical area in many different hospitals a lot of work but it was a passion of mine and I live with bipolar disorder Um, I have alcoholism now while some may not consider that a mental illness it is a diagnostic um, it's in the DSM um, as a disease and of course um I've had a couple of other labels put on me, but since I was depression and anxiety, but I, my I'm being, as an adult, have been treated for bipolar disorder for most of my life, on and off medications. Um, and that kind of brings me to my point. There are two types of people with mental illness. There are those who know that they have a mental illness, they know that they're, let's say, that they have bipolar disorder, they know that they're depressed because they've been diagnosed clinically depressed, they know that they're, let's say, on the extreme scale, schizophrenic, Um, and then there's a whole bunch in the middle. You got borderline personality disorder, you have um, schizoaffective disorder and, and a range of other obviously there's a whole textbook on it so there's just many many the difference between somebody who knows they have a mental illness and seeks treatment and whether they seek treatment and then they cease treatment which often happens 
in people with mental illness, they go to a doctor or they're brought to a hospital and they're made aware of that they are, you know, they're diagnosed and they're handed a cocktail of medications and say, take this, you'll, you'll be better. And many of us take those medications and yes, for First of all, it takes many weeks for these medications to kick in and do their, do, do their job. And there are side effects to these medications, everything from weight gain, erectile dysfunction, or loss of sexual libido altogether. Um, and then there's, there's a whole list of them. <clears throat> many of us sometimes just go off the meds because we can't take the side effects. Or... We enjoy for, and I'll speak in, from my experience, sometimes having bipolar disorder is an advantage in life, especially when you're on the highs. So bipolar disorder is the highs and lows, right? You have mania, hypomania, and then you have depression. It used to be called manic depression. And it's when somebody swings from one end of the spectrum to the other. They could be manic for a week to six months, and then they crash and they become depressed. But during the high peaks, during the mania, depending how severe it is, it is a natural high where you feel on top of the world. Um, and being medicated, you you feel the loss or that sense of high and and you want it back so we we often go off the medications and when i say we don't forget i belong to a peer to peer support group i run it and i have many colleagues and friends who are in that group and i know many people so we all discuss this so i'm speaking as from a collective so that's self-aware that we're that we have a mental illness and we choose to go on medications or go off and then maybe sometimes we go back on and that was my story back on back off back on back off the flip side of that are people with mental illness actually i guess there's three types of people but I'm going to stick with the two types. Is the second type is somebody who's got mental illness. They may or may not have been officially diagnosed with it, or they may have sought treatment, but walked out early of therapy or a psychiatry appointment and went straight into, I'm not that bad or I don't want to be treated or I don't think I have that it, the, the denial can set in and that's where the term mental stillness in other words they become still they don't want to pursue treatment and then of course I guess the third person would be somebody who's got mental illness and they just are not aware at all and this topic popped into my head this morning 
and I really don't like to bring this up, but again, there was another shooting this morning, uh, a school shooting. <clears throat> and of course, the there was a, a congressman that was being interviewed on one of the news channels, and he was like, everybody wants to blame the gun lobbyists, and they want to blame uh, this, they want to blame that. But in the end, he said, it's really the mental illness problem in our nation today, and it's not being... Um, handled properly and more funding has to go into it and i agree with him it's it's so it it's the people who have mental illness and do not seek treatment are not aware that they may be sick and they not all by a long shot but many of them end up doing um horrible things and and there goes, here comes the term criminally insane, right? You got somebody who's criminally insane, like your serial killers or your serial rapist or your serial whatever criminal who <clears throat> just can't stop committing crimes. They're just not, they're, they're, they have a mental illness. I'm not going to refer to them going forward on this podcast. I'm referring to the first two, the self-aware the people who know about their mental illness and either seek treatment. Um, and, and it's a long process. You could be diagnosed at 25, stay in, stay on your medications until you're 30, then you go off, and then something happens in two years, you go back on your medication. Um, it's quite a seesaw lifestyle. Um, so... How does this pertain to my current theme and topics on my podcast? Anonymous Andrew podcast, Life and the Choices We Make, and it all blossomed from a relationship that ended uh, gosh, it's got to be five months now. Um, and <clears throat> I often said in the beginning that I need to tread lightly and dance around her anonymity. Um, I I am well. well I, I need to talk about some stuff um, because they are they are associated with the red flags <clears throat> early on in a relationship, and I mean in the first month we would sit hours and hours on the couch or, or wherever we were talking and I would get the entire history of her childhood everything that happened to her as a child and if I believe what she told me it was horrible uh, I, I will leave the blanks. I will leave it blank of, of what she said. But just imagine a horrible childhood where there's a lot of emotional abuse, physical abuse, um, no affection from the parents, um, or even like my son Sean used the term broken home 
uh, although I don't think her home was, she came from a broken home, although her parents did end up divorcing at some point. <clears throat> so my ex would tell me about these traumas, and then they continued into her teens and, and her early 20s. Um, she just went through a lot of trauma. Ultimately came to this country and from what I can tell from the conversations, her life seemed to have then began to come together. Met a man, they got married, he got a job, she started a business, they bought a house, and I think it was almost fairy tale after that, a 20-year marriage where I was told it was perfect. <clears throat> well, it couldn't have been that perfect because he ended up cheating on her after 20 years. So there was something wrong. During the relationship, I brought her to my psychiatric nurse practitioner because we were struggling in certain areas. And I said to her, hey, look, look, let's go to my, my therapy. And I gave my therapist a heads up. I said, I'm bringing my girlfriend in. And we had, I think, a couple of sessions with her. <clears throat> um, my therapist, within a couple of sessions, came back and said to her, I think you need some um, comprehensive trauma therapy. And she had the number of a nationally known or very well-known trauma therapist somewhere in the Midwest. <clears throat> I know her name, I know where she lives, but I'm not going to divulge that either. And she asked if my ex would be interested in speaking to her and of course i got from her well i don't have that kind of money uh, this trauma therapist didn't take insurance it was all out of pocket i was so um interested or or wanted her to get help so badly that i was willing to pay for it so i did so we did an intake I was actually there for the intake. It was done virtually, obviously. Um, and she, the therapist took her on as a patient and she started seeing her every two weeks. I think it should have been every week, but even though I was paying for it, she said to me, I don't want you to be spending that kind of money each week. And so we settled on every two weeks. And she went, and I think she went two months, three months. And after each therapy appointment, she would come to me and just tell me how wonderful this therapist was and how she did some wonderful techniques in therapy. Um, I think I can tell you this. It's called IFS, Inner Family 
inner family systems. And it's specifically designed for adults with childhood trauma. She ultimately quit going to therapy. Um, one day I got a phone call and she just said, I'm not, I'm not going anymore. <clears throat> and this is not uncommon. I call it, and I think it's widely known in the uh, therapeutic world, it's called the onion syndrome. Once you start peeling back the layers of the onion, the more layers you peel back, the more you get to the center of the problem. And the onion is used because what, what, what happens when you peel an onion? You cry, right? You, it triggers the uh, tear ducts. So as somebody goes through therapy and they start pulling back the onion layers and they get to the raw trauma that happened as a child, it gets very uncomfortable for the patient. And sometimes it's so triggering and so like they've pushed down those emotions and feelings for 40 years, 30, 40, whatever years, they pushed them down. And all of a sudden in your late 50s, you're, you're all of a sudden having to talk about and relive that trauma which in the end is going to be a good thing because the idea is that you're going to get help and hopefully resolve that trauma. <clears throat> well, in my opinion, she got trapped into the onion syndrome and just did not want to deal with what was underneath that onion. We had a discussion after that and I brought up the term borderline personality disorder, BPD. Um, I'm not going to go into it in detail, but it is also quite a common disorder that is, um, why, this is widely diagnosed these days. There was also narcissistic tendencies um, from the ex. Now, there, there is a syndrome called narcissistic uh, personality disorder, NPD. I, I am not saying that's what she is, um, but we had this discussion. Um, she did not admit to having the narcissistic tendencies, but she admitted that she might be borderline. Um, I even bought books on BPD, many books, and I showed her. And coincidentally, she ran out and bought books on bipolar disorder because she wanted to learn about bipolar disorder. Um, but in the end, she gave up on therapy and never pursued anything further. And this was in the first year. So... There's a, there's a term that's being floated around now. I'm listening. I, I'm hearing it on podcast and some of the uh, 
to some of the channels and venues that I'm associated with in the mental health field um, called trauma bonding. And there's two theories to it. I got to remember to mute Alexa when I start. Um, trauma bonding <clears throat> is when one person who has had severe trauma will dump all that trauma onto their partner early on, which I'm just going to say it sucks you in. You feel horrible for them. You feel sorry for them, especially when the tears start coming. And I remember holding her for a week after week. She would cry. And then, of course, the ex-husband cheating on her. And um, and then there was, a, there was some trauma between childhood and recently. Um, I'm not going to go into it, some of it. Well, and, and, and here's another problem. <clears throat> At this point, because of all the gaslighting and the deception and the lying and the cheating, I no longer know what was true and what was made up. So I don't know if her childhood trauma, the details that she gave me, were true. I don't know if even in fact that the husband cheated on her. Um... It is a tactic used in gaslighting to be to make up trauma to pull you in. And then comes um, some people have the Superman syndrome where you come in and say, I'm going to save you. I'm going to support you. I'm going to be there for you. <clears throat> I, unfortunately, fall into that category. I am, uh, two of my therapists, um, I'll explain that some other day, I, have, I used to have two therapists at once, called me Superman. I have the Superman syndrome, where I would, if, if I was dating a woman and she had issues, mental illness or trauma, I thought I could fix them. I thought I could come swooping in and... Um, our love, our chemistry, our happiness, our intimacy, all of that would solve. All you need is a loving partner who will take care of you and support you and listen to you. And, and while that's true, in, in, in healthy relationships with people who do have trauma, it, it, it's, it is a good idea for the partner to, to support um, their partner. But, but in the trauma bonding scenario, it's over the top and it's um, more of a tactic. Uh, I, I've been going over, listening to these episodes over and I, um, while I'm past this relationship now, and now I'm just trying to understand what, how people, this, this is something that hit me. When, when she would sit on the couch and tell me about her husband who cheated on her, 20 years he told me they had a perfect marriage, and then one day he goes out and cheats on her, and it turned her world upside down. And, even though we were in a relationship 
and had committed to each other, she would talk about it once in a while, and she would you could see the anger and the tears or the emotions come up, and clearly she had not healed from that. So I saw what she went through. So if you're a loyal person in a relationship and somebody cheats on you, it could be quite traumatic and, and, and very difficult to deal with. And she did not tolerate this and she left the husband. But knowing what she went through, finding out that he cheated on her, and I did mention in the one of the first episodes that she did a revengeful tactic to get him back, not to get him back to her, to get back at him. Obviously, she was really hurt. And then she turns around and does the same thing to me. Cheated on me with multiple men. And I alluded to something in the first episode, or the, I'm sorry, the episode with red flags. Um, I, I'm, I'm just going to take the high road here, folks. But just listen to what I'm saying. Multiple men, and there were many times that I couldn't get a hold of her, and there was always money in her pocket. That's all I'm going to say. Um... In either case, how can you sleep with another person in a relationship when it was when it was done to you and your reaction was hostile, your reaction was devastating and trauma and um, many months of crying and I sat there and I had to hold her and and I promised her I would never do that to her, and I never did. I was loyal to her for the entire two years. Um, so I, I wanted to talk about mental illness or mental stillness because people with mental illness who know that they are mentally ill but choose not to do something about it, I call mental stillness. They're, they're just standing still doing nothing about the issue. And there comes the fallout to the people around them. When you're mentally ill, and like in my case, bipolar disorder, it's almost like alcoholism. There's a lot of collateral damage. You hurt people. People with bipolar disorder who are hyper or hypomanic, they can steal, they can cheat, there could be hypersexuality, there could be all sorts of things that actually hurt the family, uh, partners, work, co-workers, just various people in your life. Same thing with alcoholism or drug addiction. You, you think, you know, you, you hear drug addicts say, hey, it's my body, I'm only hurting myself. No, you're hurting everyone around you, everybody especially the family. And, and, and if you're married, your, your spouse, and if you're in a relationship, your partner. It's one thing if you really don't know that you have a mental illness or you're in denial 
if you're an alcoholic or a drug addict, I, I, I'm not referring to her in this case. I do, I do not believe she was an alcoholic or into drugs from my point of view. Again, I don't know what she did in her private life because that's the whole problem that I'm having is that she had a private life. But being an alcoholic in recovery, I know the signs. I did not see any of that. Um, but also knowing that it can be very well hidden. Um, there were many times that I was drunk or hungover or doing drugs. There's many different ways to, to, re, to recover yourself in a 24-hour period and, and present yourself. Like if you have to go to work, if you have to go to a party, if you have to go to a, a dinner with whatever, you can pull yourself together. Some, some of us can. If it's too far gone, no, you can't. So I, I wanted to pop on here, you know, after I heard that, about that shooting again this morning. And, and you know what, folks, just like COVID, I think this, these shootings are, are here to stay. They're just, we're just never going to stop them. There's too many schools, too many workplaces, and too many people out there that are unstable, um, have access to weapons that they shouldn't have access to, and um, it's just going to continue to happen unless there's some drastic something done by, by, by the government and or the people. That's not my topic today. It, it's what sparked my topic. Um, so I, I, I am continuing my treatment, my alcoholism. I, as, I, as you know, I'm in a 12-step program, and I, I actually just now, um, when you heard, you may have heard Alexa, and right before Alexa, the phone rang. That was my sponsor. Um, so I have to call him back <laughs> and, um, there are, uh, I'm, I'm working on with this peer to peer support group. And of course I have two now, again, I have two therapists. I have my psychiatric nurse practitioner who specializes in, uh, mental illness as IE bipolar disorder and addiction so I see her once a month and then I have my other therapist who is treating me for the trauma that I went through from this relationship I have some pretty bad um, I hate to keep using the word trauma But yeah, the first couple of months after the breakup, I was a mess and um, it, it was rough. So anyway, I sought out treatment and I did some research and I found a therapist who does EMDR therapy, which I did explain in an episode. If you don't know what it is, go back and look at episode um, six or seven. Um, okay, and one more thing. Um, I have lined up, I, I got to tell you, the, uh, I'm again, self-producing. It's tough when you have a full-time job and when you go to support group meetings during the week and um, 
you play tennis and um, you have a life, i.e. children and grandchildren, it, it's tough to produce a podcast by yourself. But I'm doing it. And I have lined up uh, three therapists or three professionals. Um, I spoke to all three of them this past weekend. So I have appointments to interview them over the next 10 to 14 days. Um, if that happens and I get them recorded, we will air them. And we're going to talk to these professionals about everything leading up to um, everything that I've spoken about so far. Gaslighting, why we make the poor choices we make in relationships, why we choose to stay. Um, we'll talk about the gaslighter, the cheater, um, why certain people choose certain professions and they continue those professions in a relationship. Um, there's so much to talk about, folks, and I don't want you just to keep hearing it from my point of view. Uh, of course, I'm biased, but I'm also trying to be objective here. I'm, I'm trying to pull this podcast together to learn about this trend that's going on and get opinions from experts. And we're going to also hear from other people who have, um, I got, again, two other people lined up who want to tell their story. Uh, one of them, I can't wait to you to hear him. He's got a unbelievable story. Um, almost better than mine. Uh, shouldn't say better. Better in as like it beats mine. Um, all right. So um, just wanted to pop on here and talk about mental illness um, or in my terms, mental stillness. Somebody who's got a mentally ill mind and they know they do, but they do nothing about it. Okay, folks, if you are um, mentally, if you have a mood disorder or, or any type of mental illness, um, you may reach out to me. I have a lot of sources, resources. I'm also... Uh, been trained and certified in suicide prevention and I worked with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention for many many years um, so I, I have some background in it um, so I do know a little bit about what I speak about not to mention that I experience it myself so all right folks anonymous Andrew saying if it feels good do it but please Please choose wisely. Until next time, ciao.